your Bibles, if you could go with me to the book of St. Luke, page 1539, excuse me, page 1549, if you have that same Bible that I have, uh, and we're going to go ahead and, 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 amen, hallelujah. And if you were there, if you know the gospel, in the gospel, according to St. Luke, It's, 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 we, we, we tend to focus in on the latter portions of St. Of, of Luke here in uh, verses 11 uh, through the end of the chapter in which it talks, it, it, it tells the story uh, about a young man, uh, about, if you will, the prodigal son. But in my estimation, this really is not about the, the son of the prodigal son. In my estimation, it's more about the man, the father of the two sons. So these three men, uh, three characters that are in this particular narrative of the word of God, they are uh, the prodigal son, number one, the prodigal son. And the prodigal son was a wasteful son. Uh, as we read here in verses 11 through verses 13, So this young man took his father's goods and he went into a far country and as many young people are wont to do today, uh, he wasted that which his father had given to him. And my God, as I was reading this particular passage of scripture, uh, this whole discourse here, the thought came to my mind as, my God, how many of our younger generation are really wasting their lives. There are so many of them that have talent, but uh, for one reason or another, they are wasting their talents. So many uh, the young, young ladies are wasting their beauty. But I want you to realize, and this is the third week in a row, we've started with, uh, what did we start with? Uh, uh, Youth Day, was it? Youth Day, and then there was Mother's Day. And then it's just... Mother's Day, thank you. Mother's Day, Youth Day, and today is, is Father's Day. So all of these particular things are running together, and we are seeing a composite picture here of the family. So I want all of you, mothers, youth, fathers, all of us to realize that God has given us a moment that will never return. And I think you've probably heard, you know, old folks say that down through the years. They said, enjoy the time and make use of the time. Redeem the time that you have already. Because once it's gone, it's gone and it will never return. You'll never get it back. And I know that young people, I know that when you are going through those teen years into your early teens and your 20s and your 30s, and I'm going to say into your 40s, your 50s, and even us young teens who are yet in our 60s. You feel, you just feel like you're invincible, and you feel like you are already immortal, and that nothing will ever happen to you. I kind of still feel that way in my life. Because God's got me covered. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus, and God has got my back. Hallelujah. 
Pastor Dora's got my back. Amen. Pastor Amen. Hallelujah. And before you know it, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, the clock keeps ticking and your time just slips away from you. And we don't ever want to let time slip away from us, do we, people of God? And then you look back and you wonder, what in the world have I done with my life? Now remember, everything that this son had, it came from who? Hello, somebody. It came from his father. Glory be to God. Young ladies, your good looks and your beauty came from your father. And I know some of you may be thinking, oh, why did I say that? Don't go there, don't go there, don't go there. <laughs> Young men, your gifts and talents came from your heavenly father. And the father I'm talking about is your heavenly father. Everything that you have, and I mean everything that you have, was bequeathed to you by, through, and because of the shedding of the blood and the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross of Calvary Amen. for all of us. And whatever that the Lord has invested in you, people of God, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Now, I mean, I could just preach a message on don't waste it. But here we are, back to verse 13 here. And it says here, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. How much time have you wasted in doing that which you know you were not supposed to do? So if I can put this in vernacular today, so this young man wasted all that his father had given to him with rowdy living. Oh yes, rowdy living. So this, this young man, if you will, was taught to be a gentleman. But he was turning into a thug, if you will, in today's vernacular. How many of our young men and, uh, have, have we seen that were, 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 were raised up to be gentlemen and to love God and to love the Lord and to love their parents and to love their mothers and to love uh, uh, their loved ones? Uh, but ultimately, they get in with the wrong crowd and ultimately start turning into a thug. And I believe that you can tell when there's a personality change going on in somebody. Have you observed, if you are an observer of people, you can look at an individual, you can, you can listen to the way they sound, you can look at the way they look, you can look at their facial expressions and their body expressions, you can even look at their body language and just their general attitude uh, in general and know that, they are, that there's something going on and that there's a personality change occurring in them. And that happens not only in those around you, but also, hello somebody, in you too. Yeah. Out of here, verse 14, verse 14. And when he had spent all, 
Stop right there for a minute. So when you are dependent upon someone else, and all of us have been dependent upon someone else in our lives, parents, loved ones, somebody, you know, that would help us out when you're dependent upon someone else and you run out. You know that you can defend, depend, excuse me, on your benefactor or your supporter to give you some more of whatever else it is you need. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. But this young man, and I'm preaching today, not teaching, I'm preaching to you today. But this young man did not recognize that he had everything that he was supposed to have in his life. He didn't realize that when he ran out, glory be to God, that was it. How many times when, you know, you've gone to mom and dad or, you know, said, well, I just need a little listen, I'm telling you for the last time. Don't come back to me anymore because this is it. And ultimately, you know, you run out and you know that their personality hadn't changed. They're always going to be that loving mom or dad. And even though they said they weren't going to do it, they're going to do it for you again one more time. But there was something unusual here. He didn't realize that when he ran out, that was going to be it. He was busted. And he didn't have anything left. And know this, people of God, that the devil wants to make sure that you are busted and that you don't have anything left. You see, he wants to stretch you out and string you out and do everything that he can, string you along, and then leave you hanging out to dry. So verse 14, and when he had spent all, then there arose a mighty famine in that land, and help me out somebody, and he began to be in want. So this young man got so far down that it says here in verse 16, he would feign, F-A-I-N, and the Amplified says, gladly have filled his belly with husk. In fact, the Amplified says, and he would gladly have fed on and filled his belly with the carob pods that the hogs were eating, but they could not satisfy his hunger, and nobody gave him anything better. Mm -mm. This young man would have been just so happy to eat next to nothing, even that which the hogs dug up out of the ground to eat. And I've been in a few situations and circumstances in my life. You know, when I was so thirsty, go around poking holes in trees, in the, what do they call the bamboo trees, the bamboo shoots, and sucking water out just to get enough water to wet my tongue so that I wouldn't die of thirst. So, in effect, then, I kind of empathize and understand what this young man went through. This young man had gotten so low that he was ready to give up and ready to eat hog slop. Yeah, uh-huh. I can remember my grandparents had a, had a hog. And I, it really wasn't a hog. It was really a, it was, it was almost like a, uh, it was a sow. I mean, and that sow looked like a horse. And whatever you know, was left over from the, back then in those days, children, 
There was no such thing as recycling, especially back in the country. Nobody came by to pick up your trash or any of that. And whatever garbage you had left over or scraps of food you had left over, they were put aside. And then at the end of the night, it would get taken out and given to the hogs, and they would dump all of that slop, those leftover scrap, that compilation of everything that you didn't eat, well, not you, but that wasn't eaten at the table, and it would get dumped into the hog trough. <laughs> How you feeling, Pastor Dora? Huh? Holly, you getting the quickness over there, are you? You're getting the Holy Ghost quickness over there. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. And he was about ready to eat this hog slop. People of God, listen to me now. I, I want you to be watchful and, 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 and prayerful because Satan would like nothing better than to get his hands on you and cause you to do the very thing that you said that you would never do. Thank you. You're preaching it with me. Hallelujah. He would, have, he, he would have eaten the hog's food. And the only reason he didn't was because nobody would even give him the hog's food to eat. But here is an encouraging phrase that I want us to look at here in verse 17. Right. Hallelujah. And it says here, and when he came to himself... Well, you can say what you want to, but there comes a time when it doesn't matter how deep one has fallen into sin. There comes a time when one has got to come to himself. And here the son had lost everything. He had joined himself to a citizen of a far country, as it says in verse 15. And of course, when his money ran out, as I'm sure that some of you may know, when your money runs out, you can't set them up at the bar anymore. You can't sport for dinner and do all of those kinds of things anymore. His money ran out. His friends ran out. And when I was younger, well, a little younger than I am now, we used to say, I'm your friend, right or wrong. But if you go to jail, I'll stay home. So when he didn't have anything, his friends left him. And there he was, feeding hogs and wanting to eat what the hogs ate. I don't know why it never occurred to him to say, well, why don't I just eat the hog? Hello, somebody. But somewhere in the midst of all of this young man's suffering, he thought about home. Did you finish the chop the other night, Mr. Mokey? Very special, wasn't it, huh? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in the midst of him feeding those hogs, in the midst of all that suffering and all of that, he thought about home. Say what you want. But when you begin to think, everybody say, just think. Somebody said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me. So it doesn't matter what the enemy is doing in your life. You have just got to know how to help me, somebody. It doesn't matter what the enemy is doing in your life. You just have to 
you just have you have got to know how to think. I read and I was, uh, we, were, we were having a conversation this morning, Pastor Doran and I, and you know what? Hallelujah. Glory be to God. In, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, you don't have to turn there. You remember this. David, David was in a situation. There were 600 soldiers that were ready to stone him. Here he was. One man that was surrounded by 600 of the enemy. In all, well, not the enemy, but 600 of his own men, and they were all against him. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes, people of God, help me with it now, you have to know how to encourage yourself. Uh, come on, everybody, give yourself a pat on the back. Come on now, that's a little encouragement. Yeah, you have got to know how to pull yourself out, people of God. You have got to know how to focus your mind. And when the enemy is trying to destroy you, the Bible says that this young man, he came to himself. In other words, he remembered who he was. He remembers the good stock and the good family that he came from. He remembered that his father was a rich man and that his daddy was so rich that he had servants and bread enough to spare. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm dying here of hunger, but I have a rich father who has servants and who are eating better than me. And the servants can feed themselves and their families, and they even have food left over. Mm. But here I am, this man was thinking, this son was thinking. I'm flat broke with nothing, and he's got servants. These people are working for my father. And he goes on to think and says, they're servants, but I'm a son. So he came to himself. And he said, I'm going home. I don't have to be a son anymore. But if my daddy will just give me a job. And I want, to know, I want you to know today that perhaps there's somebody here or someone that's listening by the internet or by the cloud. That somebody listening, you need to come to yourself. Hallelujah. Maybe you aren't doing what you know you were raised to do. And if the enemy can just dull your hearing, if he can confuse your mind, and if he can get you to that place where you can't think right, then you won't act right. But if you think on your way, somebody said, I thought on my way, then I turned. I think that was an old song, an old, an old song from way, way back. I thought on my way, and then I turned, I turned my feet toward my testimony. Now this young man thought, and when he thought, let's see what it says here in verse 18, what he said. He said, I will arise and go to my father. And in the midst of all of that, he was saying, well, I'm going to get up out of this situation. 
I'm going to get out of, up out of these conditions and these circumstances that have held me down so long. But one thing I have to do when I get up, I've got to get my speech together here. Hallelujah. I've got to get my speech together. And he said, when I get home, this is what I'm going to say. Look at verse 21 here. Hallelujah. I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. It's good to be a servant, but it's better to be a son, people of God. Amen. Now, when we come to the Father, back up here and look in verse 20, his Father saw him when he was a great way off. You can say what you want, but God recognizes you, people of God, even when you are a long way off. I can remember when I came home from service, I came home from Vietnam, and I knew I was going to be coming home. They just didn't know when. They come in from the airport and taking a taxi cab and hook me out from the airport out through southwest Philly, out through Elmwood, and brought me into West Philadelphia and pulled up in front of the house. And before I could get out of the cab, here comes mom and my sister here. They come running out of the house screaming and yelling. They didn't know I was coming. But there's something about the fact your father can see you coming from a long way off. So he was covered with mud from the hog pen. He didn't have his ring on his finger, no jewelry, no bling bling. He no longer had on his royal apparel. And when he came back, he wasn't dressed like a son. He didn't have anything to show that he was of royal birth. But the Bible says that the father recognized him. It doesn't matter where you are, people of God. When you turn towards him, know that the Father yet loves you. Just come to yourself. Somebody said from the time that the boy left home, his father was looking for him. And I believe that grace was with him when he went into that far country. And I believe that grace went with him into that hog pen. And I believe that grace saw him selling his rings. And grace saw him stripping off his garments. And grace saw him when he was there feeding those swine. And after a while, grace called out and said to him, Hey, psst, son, are you ready? Has anybody in here heard the Lord say to you, are you ready? Well, the question is, are you ready? Well, if you're ready, Grace called out and said, let's go home. Grace caught him by the hand 
and led him home back to his father. And the father looked and saw him coming and said, oh, glory be to God, that's my boy. His hair is disheveled, but that's my boy. Smells like a pig, but that's my boy. His fingers are bare, but that's my boy. His clothes are all tattered and worn and beat up, but that's my boy. It looks like he's walking with a limp, but that's my boy. He's lost some weight from hunger, but that's my boy. And the boy never got a chance to even present that speech that he was going to give to his father earlier. When the father saw him, what do you think the father did? The Bible says that the father ran out to meet his son. He threw his arms around him. He hugged him and he kissed him. And the father didn't want to hear anything that his son had to say. Glory be to God. Now that's a special father. Because most fathers would have said, are you kidding me? You've got, to, you've got to give me an explanation of why all of this happened. But this father was special. Why was he special? Because he was a compassionate father. Glory be to God. I want to tell you today, people of God, that we have a compassionate father. The father threw his arms around him, hugged him, and kissed him. And I want to tell you today, again, people of God, that we have a compassionate father and whatever you've done he'll love you anyhow whatever you are in he still loves you anyhow he just loves you hallelujah the heavenly father just loves some you now I've got to close right now but there was another character here and the father said I know he messed up, but go get him and bring him the best robe. Right. I know that his finger is bare, so put a ring on his hand, and I know that he's barefoot. So go get some of those nice shoes and put some shoes on his feet. Oh, and one more thing. Go kill that wheat fattened calf because we are going to have a celebration. And when they began to celebrate, when the music began to play, celebrate good times, come on. And all the servants and the friends began to dance. Now, this is what happened. Now, here is this third character that I'm going to talk about. And it, it is the elder son. This eldest son, he stayed home, but he had a bad spirit, a bad spirit. He stayed home, but he didn't have any love in his heart. He stayed home, but he was jealous of his brother. He stayed home, but he was self-centered. He thought the world revolved around him, and no one else was included. And I want to tell you, people of God, when you live in a me-centered universe, 
you live in a very small world. The world is bigger than any of us, people of God. God knows you are his child, but he has some more children too. I'm going to say that again because we all think we're God's special children. I know we are anointed of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And he's going to do more for us than he will do for anybody else. Amen. People of God. But he's got some more children too. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And you can't shut me out because you think that he loves you more than he loves me. Because, hallelujah, I have a compassionate father.